0: Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the N-Focus podcast, one away from 200, can you believe it? Uh, Just me in this episode, your regular host, Andrew, and my usual counterpart, the irrepressible Sylvia Wassenaar. Hello, how are you? Hello, counterpart. Oh. I made up some words there, I just threw some words in. (laughs) Ignore them if you choose. They sounded intelligent. No news this week, so let's just move into uh, what we played this week. To start out, I played Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, which is a rhythm music game based on the Kingdom Hearts series of RPGs that combine Final Fantasy and Disney and original RPG characters from Square Enix. It's a it's a lot (laughs) it's it's not a light subject as far as talking about a video game goes but uh this is just focusing on the music it's got music from across the entire series there are surprisingly few disney tracks in it considering for a long time you know the disney crossover was kind of the selling point of kingdom hearts i think that's lessened of late it's less of an emphasis but there those elements are still there and you would think that A music game based on Kingdom Hearts would have a lot of Disney music in it, but it it really doesn't. There are a few, and most of them are unlockable. You have to accumulate this currency from finishing levels to craft them using the Kingdom Hearts synthesis crafting system. And then you can play them in a side mode, and they're not very good versions of the Disney tracks. The audio mixing is all out of whack it just it sounds like the vocals are clear up front and there's really hard to make out the music especially especially in the little mermaid song part of your world it just it just it doesn't sound right but it's such a small part of the game that it doesn't matter that much that it's a a low that it seems like a low effort version of the song but the rest of the tracks in the game focusing on the original kingdom hearts music is actually pretty high quality it's it's a series that has very good music, which is not surprising considering it's it's from the producers of Final Fantasy, which also has great music in it. Uh, each level is played on a music track where the three characters, like the three main characters in the series, uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy just run along this track as it floats above a level in Kingdom Hearts and plays a song from the setting that they're walking through. And there will be enemies placed along the track and you have to press a button in time with the enemies appearing uh to play along both with the song and to defeat the enemies at the same time there's really only one button you have to press to do this most of the time Uh, no matter where the enemy appears on the track you just press the button and it'll go uh If there are two enemies on the track at the same time, you have to press two. And if there are three appearing together, you have to press three buttons at the same time. But the game isn't real picky about which button you push. You just have to pick one and stick with it, and pick two and stick with it, or pick three and stick with it. And there's also moments where you have to jump, and there's moments where you have to cast magic. So that can kind of throw you off when the track gets going really fast it's also an rpg kinda there are rpg mechanics in the game like your characters get experience levels when they finish levels and they get more hit points and they have stats that like improve their magic and their strength but really these things are almost invisible and how well you do in a song is, as far as you know accurately hitting all the notes seems to matter a lot more than you know just having really high strength or magic uh, you progress through each game in the series in chronological order, and the spin offs just kind of exist as these little side branches you can follow, or you can completely ignore them if you choose. As a result, playing the game feels more like a recap of the Kingdom Hearts games than a celebration of its music. You play play through the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1, then Kingdom Hearts 2, then Kingdom Hearts... uh, I I can't remember the names of all the games. (laughs) (laughs) Was that 358
1: over two days?
0: Yeah, 358 over two days is one of the, the side stories that you don't have to do. Uh, Recoded is the same deal, and they're, they're super short. They're only like three levels long. Uh, and then the other games, you do have to play through them all, and then it culminates in Kingdom Hearts 3, which is actually surprisingly short. I got through that section in about an hour, going through the entire plot of Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> It mostly consists of FMVs instead of the rest of the game, which is, like, porting the PS2 character models over and you fighting them, but I guess they either had problems getting the Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff to work in the engine this game is running in, or they just didn't want to do it or they didn't have time to do it i don't know what the story is there but when you're playing the kingdom hearts three levels you're basically just watching a summary of the game in fmv form and pressing buttons in time to the music that comes up and it contains that song in its entirety you know the one i'm talking about the the one good uh version of a disney song in this where they didn't completely mess up the sound mix and it's that freaking song If you are a Kingdom Hearts super fan, there is something to say for it. Uh, After you get to the end of the game, there's about another hour-long section that acts as a follow-up to the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3 and sets up the next Kingdom Hearts game. How excited you are about this probably depends upon how excited you were about, you know, potentially there being another Kingdom Hearts game after Kingdom Hearts 3.
1: So I actually do own this game I bought it for mm-hmm. like 15 bucks for the PlayStation Because uh, I've been playing through all the Kingdom Hearts games um, And I just stopped I, I can't remember mm. what the Game name is called, it's the one with Aqua and Ventus and-
0: uh, Birth by Sleep? That's uh, it Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a Vita game I think it's a, a
1: PSP game even Is it? Wow, okay Well these games are just very lore dense Everyone makes it out to be mm-hmm. complicated If you play the games in the intended order I don't think they're complicated They're
0: intricate And you have to be paying attention It's one of those RPG series that has a lot of proper nouns in it You gotta be really paying attention to what words mean Otherwise you're gonna get lost
1: Yeah, and there's also just the thing where they just introduce new concepts As, as if they've been there from the start yeah. The music's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, i got like the themes stuck in my head. Uh, the main themes, uh, is it Hikari Utada? I have no idea. I really don't. Hikaru. She wrote the, the themes for one and two, and I assume three, but I, I haven't got up to that yet and I want it to be a surprise.
0: Are they in the game? The Probably. Uh. uh... <laughs> I really look. wasn't paying attention to what the songs were called. I was just playing them. <laughs> the Sanctuary
1: and uh, Simple and Clean.
0: Yeah, Simple and Clean is in there, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, That gets stuck in my head.
0: I know Simple and Clean is a really popular song. I'm going to blaspheme here and say whenever I listen to that, the lyrics just make me think of white nationalism, and I get really turned off. Oh. Like, stop, talking, stop talking about things being clean, please. It, it freaks me out. <laughs> Oh <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I went there. there's always sanctuary, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the like the music selection that they had in Smash Brothers was part of the reason why I wanted to play the games, actually, um, mm. a lot of those songs were really catchy, and I just went i I want to play, I mean, at this point, I really can't stand the sound of the gummy ship music anymore. <laughs>
0: Well the gummy ship songs are in in melody by memory. Thankfully oh, there's no gummy ship levels. So that's one <laughs> yeah. one bullet dodged.
1: At least the huge improvement between
0: 1 and 2 for the gummy ship. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Like that that's a that's a topic that's been talked about to death like everybody knows at this point nobody wants to talk about it but we're gonna reiterate it here anyway the gummy ship levels in kingdom hearts 1 are really bad let's move on
1: yeah well um i was actually going to say that there is actually a little rhythm game ish thing in kingdom hearts 2 with the Mm. under the sea
0: yeah (laughs) there's a couple of disney songs
1: and then there's that one that just feels like it was translated very quickly into english
0: <laughs> melody of memory is nothing like that game really okay, it's uh good. that is just like sad sing star playing with the controller maybe uh that might be the best example i can give this is a a much more a robust elaborately created game than yeah just following face buttons, like I guess Parappa the Rapper would be actually be what that mode is kind of like, but lame.
1: I mean, on the topic of um, Japanese RPG rhythm games, I actually do hope to see the Persona dancing games on Switch one day.
0: I'm sure those will come over.
1: Number four has like a very weird story that's actually kind of interesting because it's technically a sequel.
0: Uh, But isn't that one Dancing All Night isn't it, like, super critical of the Japanese idol industry? I know one of the games is. Oh, I think yeah. I it's that one. It yeah. is.
1: It's very dark. Um, out of nowhere, too. So, <laughs> <It's> like...
0: <laughs> content warning. Um, going from Persona 4, you know, high school students solving a, a murder mystery by jumping inside their televisions, and then going to Birth by Sleep. We're idol singers now, and it's terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, three and five are just their own standalone. Th- this is kind of a story to them, but it's not really canon because it's the. And they all wake up with their memories erased, sort of yeah. sequel.
0: And you were there, and you were there, yeah. and you were there. <laughs> it was all a dream.
1: <laughs> the music in Persona 3 dancing is the best.
0: Hmm. Yeah, theatrism. <laughs> <laughs> well. Playing uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, mostly what I felt coming out the other end of it was that I just kind of wanted to play Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy again. So I did. Uh, That was a 3DS game that is basically the same premise, but with a much simpler graphical style, obviously. That's all about Final Fantasy music. And I can tell that they had Theater Rhythm in mind when they made Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory because the Theater Rhythm uh, style characters of sora donald and goofy are on all the loading screens in melody of memory so as far as i'm concerned this is basically a pseudo sequel spiritual spinoff whatever you want to call it to theater rhythm which is itself a spiritual sequel slash spinoff to dissidia the final fantasy fighting game it's a weird series Theater Rhythm is also a rhythm slash music game. You can play it in two modes. There's a stylus mode because it's a 3DS game. So you can play by tapping in time to the music on the screen. Uh, with the stylus and there are also certain sections where you have to swipe in certain directions or drag the stylus up and down the screen uh, following a tracking bar on the top screen or you can play in the button mode which is how I prefer to play it where you just tap a button any button it literally doesn't matter in time with the action on the screen and all the stylus swiping and the stylus dragging is done with the circle pad and I just I prefer to play it that way. It just I can do the timing better. And instead of a static party in theater rhythm, you can build a party of dozens of Final Fantasy characters. Like you start off with the main characters of the first 12 games or the first 13 games, I think, but you can unlock many, many more past that. And at the start, your song selection is restricted to just which characters you picked. Like if I picked the characters from 1, 4, 6, and 7, which by complete coincidence is the characters I did pick. Uh, those are the songs you can pick from at the start. But very soon after that, you start unlocking more songs to play as, and you just pick anything you want. So if you're in the mood to play the main battle theme from Final Fantasy Seven, you just do that. There's no order you have to do things in, like in Melody of Memory. And as you play, you unlock a currency called Rhythmia, which will give you milestone bonuses. Uh, Actually, Melody of Memory has a a similar system, but it felt completely extraneous there. I I barely paid attention to it, whereas in Theater Rhythm, it's built into how you progress through the game. Uh, You can use those milestones to unlock new characters, And also you get a new mode where you can actually start a quest where you play through a set of randomly chosen songs uh, that form a a rudimentary story. Uh, I just like playing this mode because it basically gives me a random selection of songs to play. I just like being able to just plug in and not really think too much about what I'm doing while I'm still making forward progress. Uh, There are different level types in theater rhythm there's a uh, combat which is where you're fighting monsters it's literally just tapping the button or swiping the joystick in certain directions then there's the field which is sections where you're actually crossing a field while listening to travel music from the games and those are where you have to do the like the big sweeping motions with the stylus or with the joystick and then there's fmv levels which are just uh, levels taken of fmvs from games that had fmvs and the uh symbols go all over the screen in that mode. It's actually a lot like Elite Beat Agents if anybody's played that game. Another oh very God. fun, yeah, another very fun rhythm music game on DS worth checking out. Uh also like Melody of Memory, a theater rhythm is an RPG kinda. <laughs> uh again, like your accuracy seems to matter a lot more than your RPG mechanics, but as your characters level up, they do get skills that give them big bonuses like if you have Eris in your party. Uh, she has a skill that will restore ninety percent of your health when you reach the half point waypoint of a song, uh, which is super helpful if you're playing on a higher difficulty and you've missed a lot of notes and you've taken a lot of damage as a result of that. You know, basically, it's a free extra life when you reach the fifty percent point of the song. Super handy. The RPG mechanics feel like they matter a little more in Theater Rhythm than they did in Melody of Memory, and. This game just feels like a proper celebration of Final Fantasy music. You know, the songs are played in no particular order, or if I even just want to just plug into the song selection mode and just only play songs from final fantasy six or final fantasy seven or nine or whatever i'm in the mood for i can do that and there's no narrative thrust it's not like melody of memory where i have to play all the games in order and all the stories in order so the music is played in order of how you encounter it in those games you just you just play the music in whatever order it comes up in or whatever order you choose to play it in you accumulate 20k rhythmia to win but that really just unlocks the final fmv level where you fight the final boss uh but you still have trust me hours and hours and hours of unlockables to go after that just a great game uh i really enjoyed theater rhythm final fantasy it's a god i think it's getting close to being 10 years old now but if you still have a 3ds it's worth checking out
1: i think square Enix just need to make one based on the world ends with you now
0: sure that's a game i've played (laughs) that's a game i have opinions about (laughs) i mean the music's really good theater rhythm did have a lot of dlc drawing in music tracks from surprising places that aren't necessarily final fantasy games including most notably chrono trigger tracks so like they could do dlc like that for world ends with you in it as well if they make another theater rhythm game on switch which would be my vote (laughs) fingers crossed And last up to round out this super short episode, uh, just the two of us, I played Live Alive, of course. Uh, New released on Switch last week, but I wanted to spend a full weekend with it before I I said anything about it. Uh, Live Alive is the newest 2D HD RPG made in the style of Octopath Traveler. It's actually a remake of a game that was never released outside of japan so it's a super famicom exclusive up until now uh it's an important distinction that it was a super famicom game i'm probably going to mess up at some point and call it a super nes game (laughs) going forward but i'm saying that right now up front it's a super famicom game not a super nes one because it never left japan Uh, it consists of seven small stories created using the same game engine slash combat style so it's sort of Like, you want to think of it as an anthology of short games. And each section has a unique quirk that makes it a little different from the others, even though they all, they look the same and play kind of the same. Broadly speaking, each chapter is a 16-bit era RPG. It has a small overworld, and there's one or maybe two dungeons in it. And the combat is a simple, you know, grid-based tactical strategy RPG where you move around on your turn in the grid... And you have different attacks that can target either the squares right next to you or it might be an AoE attack that can hit different areas on the grid at large. I was actually really surprised to see this kind of system on a Super Famicom game. Caught myself that time. <laughs> because uh, this is the kind of things I more expect from the next generation of games, from the, the PlayStation 1 onward. Uh, the chapters, I haven't played all of them yet, but... Uh, I played the near future and that one you play as a psychic orphan like literally to progress through the game you actually have to read people's minds in a lot of places the enemies in the game are a roving street gang of bikers when you encounter them they they have like large groups of powerful robots and you're not really supposed to fight all the robots you're just supposed to power your way through the wall of them and just destroy the targetable leader because if you try to destroy all the robots you're either going to be wasting a lot of time doing that or or get overwhelmed and die and i will say this for this chapter so far this is the only point where i had to stop and turn around in a dungeon and grind to beat a boss this is the only chapter where I've had to do that so far. When you're playing the near future chapter, fight every biker gang you can. Don't don't just fight the ones that get in your way like I did because uh, I reached a boss I was not strong enough to beat when I did that. And the level culminates in mecha. Like you find a giant mecha robot and you stomp through the streets of the city you're in anime music plays and like you're just unstoppable it's actually a lot of fun (laughs) Uh, i think mech mech combat fans would get a lot of fun out of this chapter Uh, there's another chapter like the distant future this one is survival horror slash a visual novel there's like almost no combat in this chapter it kind of took me by surprise Uh, feels inspired by both alien and 2001 a space odyssey you play as a robot who does errands for this crew of humans, which are slowly getting picked off one by one by this uh, alien monster they're supposed to be transporting someplace. Uh, there's only one real fight in the entire chapter, which is the final boss of the chapter, and it's more of a puzzle boss than an actual you know, RPG combat. Uh, Twilight of Edo Japan was an interesting chapter. It's a stealth ninja mission. Uh, you can choose to either track down and kill everything and there are quite a few things you can fight in this chapter that are actually pretty well hidden you really have to poke around to find them or you can solve stealth puzzles to work your way past all the guards and killing more of the enemies makes the pc more powerful which makes boss fights easier but can have narrative consequences later does that sound familiar to anyone else Like this game came out like 20 years before undertale (laughs) and there, there's the premise for it right there in this small chapter of live alive. And then the last chapter that I finished, uh, I'm going to knock out the rest of the game. Next weekend is uh, Imperial China, which is a super tropey kind of Wuxia story uh, where you're an old master gathering students and training them in Kung Fu, and it's repeating the same battles against the same few characters who grow in power over time. They encounter this. Rival school that uses, you know, violence and anger uh, as everything. And you and your master and student have to team up to battle this foe and prove them why their way of doing things is wrong. Like I said, super, super tropey. <laughs> I I'm, wouldn't it all surprise me if this was deliberately based off of Chinese martial arts cinema because. That was what I felt like I was playing, was one of those movies. (laughs) Very interesting game. There is a culmination. There is an epilogue chapter when you finished all the other chapters. So there is something that draws it all together. Again, making it reminiscent of Octopath Traveler. So I'm sure it was not an accident that Live Alive got remade after Octopath Traveler was made. Because Octopath Traveler was, I would say, uh, an influence on this game but disappointingly i would also say live alive despite being 25 years older than octopath traveler was also a much more interesting game than octopath traveler <laughs> but that's that's how it happened uh definitely recommend live alive i think it's a super cool game and I'm, I'm really glad it got a remake and a wide release in the west sounds good
1: i probably will end up picking this up just after
0: cinderblade <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which uh, reports are out now that it's a 100-150 hour game, depending upon how much you do. Cool. So let's move on with what we're playing this week. Uh, Silvio, let's start with you.
1: Well, I was hoping to play Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, mm. It did ship early last week. It shipped on <laughs> Tuesday. It-,
0: it deceived you. <laughs>
1: and I just got a shipping... Update to say that it has been sent to the other side of the country <laughs> and won't arrive before Friday this oh week. Oh my god! So Please. there's a part of me that just wants to buy it digital and trade in the physical copy when it comes in, <laughs> but I shouldn't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, just, just hold out. Although sneak preview, uh, I have been playing Xenoblade Chronicles three in the past 24 hours of. People know my feelings about the first two games. I, I'm not a huge fan of them. What I've played so far has promise. I see the, I see the, uh, damn. <laughs> What's the word I'm, try, I'm trying to think of here? Perpetual? No, not perpetual. The, uh, okay. The potential? I I, the potential, yeah. I can't words today. <laughs> That's okay. I see the potential for greatness just off of the first uh, 10 to 12 hours I've played so far. Uh, I'm, I've been really happy with it so far. Uh, so, I'm going to play more Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I'll, I'll have, you know, 20 to 30 hours worth of commentary to talk about with it next week uh, in episode 200. And I'll also check out the Klonoa Fantasy Revis- Reverie series, and Mario Kart 8 Booster Course Past Wave 2 is finally coming out. And, Sylvie, I. I interrupted you there, but I see you're marked down for that too.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm just glad that they finally <laughs> said something. Like it exists, uh, and they've picked some really cool tracks. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also a technically new track.
0: There was an interesting disclaimer on it. They said it's coming to Mario part, Mario Kart Tour at a later date, which tells me that this game was that this track was made for Mario Kart Tour, and they just bumped it up ahead for Mario Kart Eight.
1: Probably. But it it definitely looks like there's also a visual upgrade Mm -hmm. over the first wave. So I'm wondering if the gap was them working on this or maybe they were also updating the
0: original wave. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, That new track, the Ice Cream Cones in the Sky or whatever it's called, it does have anti-grav, which was something everybody commented on on the last eight tracks they put out was there was no anti-gravity in any of them.
1: I thought it was interesting that uh, Waluigi pinball doesn't seem to have anti-grav. that's like prime anti-grav real estate right there
0: you'd think but anyway we we can uh we can get into uh complaining about yeah. that when we, ac- we actually had a chance to play it next week it's out friday so uh if you have already purchased that pass make sure to update your mario kart 8 app on friday to uh check out those tracks oh wait
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Enfocus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, it really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Also make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links for all of these are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The details for both of these are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Andrew. You can follow him on Twitter at PlayCritically and check out his long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. You can follow myself on Twitter at Stu2STWTWO or on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Sylvie You can also follow our usual co-host, Rosalie, at LilRecordGal on Twitter.